Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you are joining the conversation. Welcome back to Becoming Church. I am so excited today to introduce you to my guest, which actually some of you who listened to my takeover of the Nine Fossil podcast way back in the day already know her and you will be excited. But if you don't, you will love by the end of this episode, my friend, <laughs> Brittany Estes. Brittany, welcome. Hi. Oh my goodness. You gave me such a great intro. Like I feel like there's so much that I need to live up to in this short podcast. Listen. You don't have to live up to it. This is just who you are. Like truly by the end, people will be like, I need to find her and follow her. And, well, and you can super guys. easy. Yeah. Super easy. <laughs> we'll, we'll link you all up, all the places, all the things, show notes, all do. of that. <laughs> What's so funny is, so you and I met because I did a takeover summer season on yeah. the Naeem Puzzle podcast, but like two years ago. Yeah. It and feels like forever then, ago. It Doesn't does. It? Yeah. I know. I feel like, like I've known you for forever. I know. Well, that's, that's what social media does. Like, I know your life. I text you. We talk. Like, this is real. <laughs> right. We Marco Polo, like, first we thing do. in the morning when we're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we've never physically been in the same place at the same time yet. I know. That's what makes it weird. Like, I feel like I when we actually meet for the first time, it'll just be like, oh, hey, hi. Because I've seen you, like, it's not in, like, always flowery circumstances and stuff. Like, it's the rough and tumble day in and day out. So when I see you in person, I'll be like, oh, well, hey. So oh, glad you're let here. Let me be clear. It's not going to be an oh, hey. I'm going to, like, oh, run and straddle jump you yes. like um, they do on The Bachelor. I'm going to be so excited to <laughs> finally see Cream, And then I will, you know, dart after you. I mean, that's just how it is. But I'm saying it won't be like, a, oh, my gosh. Right, right, right. actually meet you. I'll be like, oh, this is my friend. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Everyone be warned. Clear us a path. We're going <laughs> to take up space. Think twice when you invite us to the same event. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm really excited to have you on today because, wait for this corny joke. I worked on this. You ready? Just like Jesus flipped tables, we're going to be oh! flipping some scripts. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> can I trademark that and just use that in part of my promo for my book? <laughs> you can. That's your new byline. Yep. <laughs> Can we just add an addendum to the, the cover of my book? It'd be great. <laughs> yes, yes. So you did write a book and it is out now. People can go get it. Absolutely, it's yes. called Flip yes. the Script. Yes, Flip the Script, Make Your Move from Broken to Brilliant. So, so awesome. exciting. It feels insane that I have a book out, but I do. So here we are. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, we were even chatting, I guess it was last night and early this morning, but the whole idea of like, I remember talking to you when this book was... A little book baby dream and you were like yeah. here's my confetti popper that I'm gonna pop if I ever get a book deal and then I remember the conversations and the tears of like they said no and I got another rejection and just like walking through this with you and so I told you this privately last night but now I'm gonna tell everybody else too like sitting down and actually going through the pages and reading your book first mm -hmm. of all it is so good it is so Thanks. good. It is so beautiful and helpful and full of life. But also then just remembering the story, I was just like tearing up. I was like, oh my gosh, like she did it and it's out there and it's so great. 
No, listen, I, this is why I wanted people to walk this process with me because I just felt like God said, this is a thing. This is going to happen. And it's so easy to see people on the other side, like, oh, I got a book and God promised and it was hard. And you're like, sure, sure. It was hard, but I really wanted people to live it. Like I was willing to look a fool if it fell apart, but I just felt like deep down that this was something God had said. So I was going to take you on the highs and the lows and everything in between. And it just makes it so much sweeter. Those who walked alongside me during that season and myself too, just to remember like the hard times and the good times, but God did it. Like he actually brought this book out and now I'm kind of like, all right, it's yours to sell. Yep. (laughs) Like, I hope it's good. Um, But it, it brings me to, it brings me to tears. Like how insane, how incredible And the moments when I'm like sitting literally on the floor crying, like, is this really a thing, God? Are we sure this is a deal to sit now and go, wow, yeah, okay, it is. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, if you guys, if you don't remember the title, as you're walking through the bookstores and all of the places and scrolling on Amazon, it is this gorgeous gold book with this gorgeous girl with bright pink hair. (laughs) That's what you just need to remember. If you're like, what was that? Flipping tables? No, flip the script. (laughs) But just remember, you will see Brittany's like face of joy, smiley, bright pink hair. Is your skirt pink too? I think in the cover. Yes, it is pink. And then I have rainbow shoes on. I (gasps) channeling you in those shoes. I'm pretty sure I sent you a picture of those shoes when I bought them at the time, but they're like diamond rainbow shoes. And I thought this is perfection. And we had to make sure they were seen. <laughs> yeah. I wore my pink pants today to match your hair. Look, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> match made in heaven. We got pink and black. Oh, we're great. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to quote you back to yourself. Um, but I wanted to get this out to people. So at the beginning, you were talking about so many of us and not just women, but I think men too. And you said, Bright, beautiful women were drowning at alarming rates. They were so lost in a world where where they could never measure up. But that wasn't all. Nobody seemed to be rescuing them. And I felt that so strongly. Why is there no rescue? Like, are we all drowning because we're all drowning and there's nobody left? Like, why is there no rescue? Yeah, it's kind of, that's the point. Um, What really started this book and this idea was that realization because I would, I used to be a woman's pastor and I would stand there and preach and teach to women who are my age and telling them about their worth and helping them find purpose and move forward because they were literally spinning saying, who am I? What's my identity? What do I have to add value? I'm stuck in shame and guilt and all this stuff. And I was sitting there going, no, this is what God says and coaching them out of these funks and crazy seasons. So they wouldn't just be held in bondage anymore. But that's the problem is this generation is still focusing on ourselves because we don't have it together because we're stuck in all of these lies that because we don't, then we can't look to the next person and this younger generation and say, let me help you through this because we haven't gotten through it ourselves. So it's, it's like a a two-part series. Like what was meant for this younger generation has actually been equally important to my generation and older because many of us don't have this settled. There are a select few who have like, okay, I've gone through this. I understand the lies. I understand how to walk out of it. And this book is really my plea to them. Great. Now grab the girl growing up underneath you, the people who are around you, the people you have influence of and help them flip their scripts. So fantastic. You found the other side. Now your job is to help this generation who's literally drowning. Yeah. I almost feel like we're learning from the younger generation mm. because growing up, 
for, for forever, I thought it was just me, right? I was like, either I missed it or I misunderstood. But the more I talk to people that are like our age or a little bit older, or maybe even a little bit younger, but like, you know, yeah, whatever we are, we're on the cusp of that. Like, like I keep calling myself a grandma millennial, like a grandma millennial. Cause I'm oh, like technically a millennial, but I'm the oldest. They call us age. geriatric millennials. And I'm like, full <laughs> please. No, that's not as cute. That's not as cute. Not cute. I'll say grandma was, millennial. Yeah. Grandma millennial. Do you think there's something to just the religion or faith of the time and not to blame our parents or not to blame the church, but do you think that maybe they were teaching us out of something that they didn't fully understand? And that's why we, there seems to be this generation that like doesn't quite get our identity in Christ and who we are. For sure. But it's also toggled between the fact that it became like our parents were really big into the jobs and the workforce and things like that. And so mom went from being home to being and doing all these things. And so we grew up, like some of us, our mom stayed home and stuff, but then she cooked and she cleaned and she did all these things. Other of us, our parents both worked and we thought, this is what it looks like. Mm. So we just show up on the weekends to church. We put in our time because our priorities actually have shifted. Like we have lost what really growing up in the church is, what faith actually is. And okay. we begin to see, this is how we strive. This is what we look for. This is what our life should be like. So as we're adults and we're thinking, this looks nothing like what our parents did, maybe for better or for worse, but we don't understand how do we compute that with what God actually says. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think at least for me, I can definitely see a tie between what I do and how I can perform in my identity. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, mm-hmm. as a good Christian, as a good Christian female specifically, I need mm-hmm. to do all of these things and I need to serve all of these people. And if I'm not, then I'm not living out my faith the right way. Right, right. And your identity is so wrapped up into that because you think I have to perform for this approval. And that right. is so far from the truth. Like, when you breathe in air and exhale the air, that is just enough for you to have his love. Like there is yeah. nothing that you have to do to make yourself any more valuable to Christ. And we're just lost in understanding that. Yeah. You've used drowning and spiraling. And both of those are words that I have used on a regular basis. <laughs> and I know lots of other people have too. So, but yeah, that's, that's where we get caught up in it. Like we can never mm-hmm. do enough. And my brain knows that. But like my theological heart is still like, right, right, right. But you better just in case. Right. And it's, it's rooted in script. That's why, like, this is why the whole concept of the book kind of came out because it's easy for us to know one thing and then be stuck in another scenario. And it's because we believed a lie somewhere down the line. And over years, it's been cemented by other statements that just continue to go. And they don't seem so scary always. Sometimes it's something flippant and small but it's traced back to this rooted thing of, I only can succeed or I only can do this, or I have to bring value for me to have worth in this scenario or for me to be loved or for me to be accepted. All of that, whatever it is, like I'm stuck in shame or I'm lonely or I can't have people is rooted somewhere in some deep script that we have to actually work the flip or we're not going to to find the root of the issue and be able to live in freedom and actually truly believe this is what we have to do, nothing to be loved and valued. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's even the small things that can be more dangerous or more tricky because they hide because they're woven into places that we didn't even realize. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Those are actually the worst. And I kind of talk about them in my book as sticky statements. Like they're just thrown up in haste. Like we likened it to this little squishy. Have you seen those? Did your kids have these like little 
squishy um, animals that stick. Mine love to like throw them up and yes. stick them on walls and Moshi's so or something. Yes. yes, I know exactly. Yes, look, <laughs> they're, they're so. I'm gross. constantly finding them and just secretly chucking them in the garbage. <laughs> Absolutely, because then they get really nasty looking because they right. collect all the lint and all the dust and stuff. Yes. But we had them like stick to walls, and when you finally get them off, there's still like a residue on the wall because. And mm. this goes with a statement, like uh, you may take it back, but there's something that just sticks to your heart. And it may be something small, something big, like those are little things, but they leave a permanent mark. And how do you get that gone? You know, how do you work yeah. through that? Yeah. All right. We're going to jump into your specific scripts in detail in a second. But before we do that, I have to tell you, I was laughing out loud <laughs> at your description because you said that you called Bob Goff, which I, I could relate to this because <laughs> Bob Goff, like the balloon guy, like the happiest man on the planet, right. he puts his phone numbers in the back of his books. And so I remember I, I literally was laughing out loud, reading your like buildup and what do I do? And what do I say? And <laughs> what if he doesn't answer? And oh my gosh, what if he does? I was one of a zillion randos that like, he didn't answer. And then I couldn't even leave a voicemail because it was full, which I was not surprised. Stop it. You actually God. called him though? Yeah. <laughs> you but that's why I could relate because I was like oh my gosh my heart is like pounding out of my chest and I'm just calling a guy who said I could but but when you called him he answered it feels very monumental to make that call like to dial the number and call it's almost like I'm calling the president of the United States and you're just so much pressure better. so much <laughs> right right but better way better <laughs> but you talked to him today. I did you and now he's endorsed your book I know. Listen, oddest story of my entire life. And it's probably one of the coolest things is he, because he did answer, I was so surprised, first of all. And we had a conversation. I talk about it in the book, how I literally like ramble on the poor guy so could funny. get no words in because I was just like, and blah, 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 and this is blah, 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 blah. Like I have it actually on video. It's a pretty funny thing because I thought I want it. <laughs> my logic here was changes my life literally in this moment I want to have video proof of it absolutely <laughs> recorded me steamrolling Bob Goff it was you know great moment in my life <laughs> um but on the call he was kind of like awesome well it sounds like you have a, a lot of ambitions you know and stuff I here's my email for you to just email me more information and I thought okay I'm gonna email Bob Goff and so I sat down and like typed out the most thought out email of my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, in the book, I included a picture of myself to be like, I'm fun too. I have pink hair. <laughs> Bob and Brittany, best friends forever. Um, and he emailed me back. So it's literally insane that this guy who is so well known and super busy, one answer my phone call, email me back. And, um, it did not go as I expected the yeah. email and stuff, but the moral of the story is then I tried again after the book was out and and I just replied to that same email and said, hey, you remember that phone call? You remember that email? Well, this book is actually a thing. Can you endorse my book? And he was just like, I'm so excited for you. That's incredible. Can't wait to see it on the shelves. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Bob <laughs> His name and my name are on the same book. <laughs> this is so strange. In fact, he's actually going to be speaking 
like three hours from here on his tour. And I thought my friend was like, you should reach out to him and see if he'll feature you or highlight it because he loves good stories. And this is one of persistence and you kind of loop back and forth and stuff. And I was like, I may just do that. That's so awesome. <laughs> but you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you never take. And I thought, right. A no is a no. Great. It doesn't change anything from where I'm at. And it did. I mean, honestly, when he gave me a no the first time, it shook me and I had to say, okay, do I really, does this matter enough? His no for me to keep going. And my yeah. friend was like, well, did God call you or did Bob call you? And I was like, oh, good point. <laughs> yep. Um, but it could have been a yes. And I would have missed it had I not tried. And so I yeah. think it's worth a try, you know? Well, and I love that you included the whole story. I feel like a lot mm -hmm. of people would have stopped at, and then we talked on the phone and everything was amazing. And like <laughs> me and Bob are besties. But that wasn't the end. Like you did email at him and he was mm -hmm. like, love you, mean it. I don't have time for this. Like, I, I mean, he was, you, you included his response and it was very gracious, but I'm just like, I'm so glad that you put that part in. Right. Because yeah. it was really a reminder to me of, I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in the instant gratification or the approval or the acceptance of people that we can actually physically see with our eyeballs, you know, for and sure. forget for sure. that yes, it matters. And having support of yeah. people matters and the encouragement, but like God is actually the one that called you to this book, you know? Absolutely. Again, that's what I want people to see. I don't want people to come on, you know, like they see my Instagram and social media and be like, oh my gosh, she's so fun and frilly and so free. I can't relate. Like, was there ever yeah. a time where she felt broken or messed up or like she was a failure? And I want to be like, yes, this is why I can tell you these things matter. I want to show you when it was hard I want to show you how I walked through it. Like I felt the emotions. I felt these things. And yet yeah. I still found freedom. And yet I still flipped my script. And yet I still showed up and tried. And that's right. why I'm like, I, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be fun. There's some stories in the book that don't end up cute and pretty. Like it's not an endorsement on a cover kind of thing. And I need people to see like I'm a real person. And what you see yeah. on social media is a victory lap for me. What you see with this book is a victory lap. And I'm speaking from that side of things because I've gone through the other stuff. So you can too. Yeah. You cover a lot of different topics in your book. You talk about failure, feeling unworthy, comparison, being broken, feeling lonely, shame, a lot of very relatable things. Which sure. one, which chapter was the hardest for you to write? Or was there oh. one that like surprised you by kicking up feelings of inadequacy? inadequacy that you didn't even think were there. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny. I saw you say that question last night and I thought this is hilarious because on my writing schedule, I had like, I was going to write on that section a week. So I had a week to write on comparison or whatever it was. And I told my husband, <laughs> I feel like I struggle with whatever it is the week I wrote on it. Like I had worthiness oh, down when I'm writing about comparison. But then when I start writing about worth, I'm like, ah! <laughs> that whole week. And I thought, this is not fair. <laughs> um, but I will say as I would like sit and write and edit, there was one part where I talk about my, the story with my grandfather and, um, him commenting on me being left-handed, super flippant, small comment. Um, but as I was writing through it and going, really, my root issue was there's something wrong with me. Like I'm left-handed. Everyone else in my family is right-handed. I'm this, I'm that, you know, and I'm well, and his comment it. was, if you're not right-handed, you're wrong-handed. I know. <laughs> Bless it with that man. And it was just meant as a dad joke, right. but it was every time. And it was, right. like I said, 
one simple script it that comes back yeah. to something else that I believed was true. And so when it would rear its ugly head, all these things would pop up. And that was one. So as I'm like typing that out, I start crying. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, whatever. This is sad. <laughs> so yeah. it depends on the week what I struggled with. So I'm glad you asked. Okay. Okay. But again, even better that you are like, I've lived out every single one of these things that I'm trying to help you find rescue in. Right. Well, and I will tell you, so I'm on my chapter with shame. I tell a pretty crazy story with my car um, and you'll just have to read it. I feel like it's super, I don't know, unbelievable. Um, and not, <laughs> but he knows the story. So it's literally like told to the world on right the then pages. and there. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like we're recording this before my book launches, though it's launched at this point. My children don't know the story yet. So I have to sit down and talk to them about <laughs> what happened <laughs> just in case people come and talk to them about it. But it was a very scary story that ultimately kind of helped me feel so much shame. Like I just, it was horrible. And I, that happened during the process of working on my book proposal and stuff. And I remember sitting there going, how can I help people through this when I am a mess? Like this yeah. feels impossible. And that was something that I had to work through and be like, okay, no, the God's going to use this for good. I don't understand how. Still to this yeah. day, I'm like, what is happening? But I want, if it anyone can relate or feel like they've gone too far or done something too crazy or whatever it may be, then it's worth it for them to feel seen, to understand there can be hope. There can be the ability to flip the script and find freedom and a future. So yeah, I mean, I have stories where I'm like, this should really disqualify me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just makes but, you all the more the person, the person to do this. Well, and I love how you structured the book too, because the chapters kind of go in pairs where like you are addressing whatever the inadequacy is, whatever the thing that, you know, is holding us back or counts us as inadequate or whatever. But then in the next chapter, like the rescue comes in and you give so many practical things like grab a mirror, ask God, limit what we're taking in. As I was reading them, I was like, oh, right. Oh, right. Some of them, I even went, oh, I've heard this, or I know this. It wasn't like necessarily brand new information, but I was like, oh, right. Why have I stopped doing this? Or why am I not doing this? And so it was yeah. just that really good reminder, you know? Yeah, that was my hope. I wanted people to feel seen. So we call it old script, new scripts. Your old script is this statement. Then the reverse is the new script. And at the end of that, I didn't want you to just shut the book and say, well, that's great. Maybe there's hope. I actually wanted you to have tangible steps to walk out with scripture, with things that you can do in your daily life when these things pop up, because you may get one script down and fantastic, but then over time, something else pops up and you say, oh, oh, no, no, no. I know how to walk through these things. And yeah. again, it's nothing crazy or groundbreaking. It's just truth that we forget because we've read so many books on this topic. You know, there's a lot with statistics and facts and things like that. That's great. But sometimes it's hard to see that played out in your life and in stories of other people. And that's why I wanted you to see, like, it really happens in people's lives. And these stories where you feel like, well, maybe that's disqualified me, or maybe that won't work for me. No, it actually does. And it actually will. Here's how you can walk that out. Well, I love that it's not groundbreaking stuff because right. those are the books that I read and I'm like, who good for you. I don't have time to do all that. Like, right. Yeah. No, thank you. These, these are powerful, but simple. And I don't mean simple as in 
like a, a negative connotation, but simple as in attainable. Do you can actually yes. do these literally right in the moment. My hope. That is my so hope. helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my idea is you're going to use this book and it's going to get ripped up and shredded all the things because you've literally just flipped to those parts when you need it. And you've just used it up because you're like, this is truth. This is something I can cling on to. This is something simple I can do and use it however long you need to and pass it along and share it with someone else because your freedom is contagious and then their freedom will be contagious and just start with these simple steps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just pictured like post-its all over my house from taking your little like new scripts. I'm like, I'm going to take this new script and I'm going to stick that post-it on my mirror and I'm going to take this new script and I'm going to stick that post-it by my laptop. Like it just, I was just visualizing all of the ways that I can take the new scripts as reminders for where I need them. Absolutely. my world. Yeah. And that's actually one of the tips in there is, is to have those plastered in places where you can see it. So that's cool. Yeah. All right. So we have to talk about chapter 11 which is I can shine because you used one of my favorite passages, which is Matthew five. And you used it in my favorite version, which is the message version. And I, again, laughed out loud when I got to this part, because I literally think of you. I I swear. I think of you every time I read this passage in the message translation, because I am like, this is Brittany embodies this in a way that like, no one else does. So I was not surprised, but I was thrilled to see that you included it. All right. So it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? A bucket. That makes me laugh. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous father in heaven. So talk to us about why this passage in this translation especially is so important to you. Yeah. Um, Listen, I'm not an exclusive message girl. I do love a lot of different translations, but I came across this version and I thought, oh my goodness. I just love the way that they said it because we get caught up in the let your light shines or whatever, but I love the concept of bringing out the God colors of this world. We are created as human beings to be image bearers of Christ, of God. Like we have him inside of us. And what if what we do and how we act is a reflection to bring him out into this world. So I just sit and I think, and I liken it to a prism where a prism just shines. Like it does nothing but it's the reflection of the sun onto itself that shoots a rainbow out, which we all know that I love rainbows. I love every color, hence the God colors of this world. But I just thought, how simple is that? We don't have to overcomplicate it. We literally just have to let God shine through us and we will bring out the colors of this world. And I just, we're made to shine. We're made to shine, not hide it under a bucket. Like you just said. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to take your connection. We're going to, this is why we're soul sisters to take that prison <laughs> idea. Because if we go to the concept of turning the gem, every time Ooh, that light comes look through, look yeah. at us. When the light goes through the prism, it does, it shines out and it makes a rainbow. And then we turn the gem and then guess what? It shines out a different way. And it, we turn it and it shines yes. out a different way. And that's who we have to, I mean, the, um, rabbis use that to talk about all of the different ways we could look at scripture and the meaning we could get out of scripture. But I think it applies here too with us. Like we are all supposed to bring out a different color of God. 
And that's what I think is so cool. Like you are going to show your God colors to the people around you, but I'm going to shine my God colors a little bit differently. Somebody might be a little bit brighter, a little bit more pastel, a little more blue hued, a little more red. We got to love the neutral. Some people have the neutral. (laughs) Right. I've got the like neon colors. Fantastic. But we can't appreciate neon. We can't appreciate the neutrals, you know? (laughs) Yes. But we all have to show our own God colors. Like we all bring a perspective or a piece of God to the world that nobody else can. Absolutely. Or should like, right. We have to embrace that. And once we understand that this is beautiful too, then it just changes something, you know? Yeah. Love it. All right. So I think one of my favorite chapters besides, I really like chapter 11, but chapter 12 was where we help other people to flip their scripts. Yeah. And I know this is, this is your heart. And this is something that you're always reaching out to people and reaching back to people that are Mm. um, coming along behind you. And I always, you always are, are there to help other people. And I love that. But for people who don't feel naturally bent to like empower or, um, I guess they're just not wired that way to think of other people. Is this Uh something that we can learn? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times the reason why we're not open to helping other people is we don't feel like we can add value. And so it's almost an insecurity in, I don't know if I can help and, or we are so selfish and self self self-focused. And that's also part of that chapter is to say, listen, you have got to stop thinking about yourself. You've got to stop looking at yourself. There's an entire world of people who need what you have. So stop looking inward and look outward. And um, when you realize one, I have what it takes to help other people, then your perspective shifts Two, when you realize I can stop looking at myself or I should stop looking at myself, then you start seeing other people. And it's almost like these deficits just pop up. And it's so incredible that I've noticed the Lord will bring people in my life, even at moments that I don't even like expect it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I had the exact word to help you. Or, Oh my goodness, I just went through this or, Oh my goodness, let me help you do that. And that's something like I take, you know, personally and seriously, but my hope is that other people, even if they're like, I don't understand, or I can't do it. Awesome. Give them my book. Like you may not have all the truth, oh, yeah. you found freedom, fantastic, but give them my book and they can take that, you know, and, and work through it. Like I'll, I'll take the call on that's fine. Great. But stop looking at yourself. Like we know we've got this settled now let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I always go to scarcity mentality, I think, cause that's my like natural inclination, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there are people, I didn't think about it until you said it just now. Like there are probably people who don't reach out to others because they just think they have nothing to give, that they think that they just have nothing to, to like you said, to add value. Mm-hmm. Or they I'm feel like, like it's like, been, it's nothing new, you know, just like we're like, my book is nothing groundbreaking. You're like, oh my gosh, this should win the Nobel Peace Prize or whatever. But we neglect the fact that some people don't understand what is, you know, knowledgeable to us. They don't get it. Right. So to us, we're like, well, I've heard that 14 times over. Well, they may not know it. This is why you are the person to bring them this information, to help them out a bit, because it's second nature to you. It's simple. It's easy. Yeah, that's so true. I am constantly taking for granted the things that I know or that I've learned or that I've realized and forgetting that just because I (laughs) changed my thinking on something doesn't mean that everybody else does. Or like you said, just because I've said something a thousand times, doesn't that mean people have ever heard it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that thing of, okay, stop looking at yourself, 
now let me see someone else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, friend, is there anything else that you wanted to say today to our listeners or about the book or just life in general? Yeah, I really, this book is just my heart's cry to a generation. And it's my plea saying there is a possibility for you to find freedom. And I know it because I've seen it in my life. I know it because I've seen it played out in many other people's lives. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed or beat down or defeated, or just like, what am I doing in life? This is for you. If you don't think it's for you, sorry, it's probably for you too. Like (laughs) you can get get something out of this, but important, most importantly is you can flip the script. So you don't have to stay stuck in these seasons or in these places. There is truth and there is freedom to be found and it's yours for the taking. I love it. Well, I can't wait. I have read it. Um, I'm going to order multiple copies. I'm going to give it out. I just want one in my office because it's so pretty. I just needed it on my shelf. <laughs> oh, listen, my husband. I'll give out the other God. ones. My husband put it up. It like it stands up on my fireplace because he was like, oh. I'm just so proud of you. And I'm like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, friends. Well, thanks for listening today. Hey, listen, go out there and shine your God colors in your world, wherever you are. If you need a shot of hope or light or life, or you just need, honestly, a smile on your face, please head over to Brittany's Instagram. We have tagged her in the post about this episode. So you can go check her out, buy her a book, buy a copy for a friend. And yeah, do what you can to go out and make this world a brighter, more colorful place today. Thanks for listening.